Welcome back to another episode of WebEx Weekly, the podcast that interviews the best and upcoming projects in Web3. On this episode, I'm joined by Itai Elizur, and I really hope I pronounced that correctly, the COO and the partner at Market Across. Market Across provide a complete end-to-end marketing solution for blockchain firms. In this episode, Itai shares his knowledge on what is Web3 marketing and how does that differ from Web2. Why is it better to focus on, let's say, product marketing as opposed to a token marketing strategy? And I also shared my story at struggling to launch an NFT Web3 game, and I asked Itai what advice he would give to other builders in the space in the same position. However, before we get into that, I did have a conversation with Itai about what is currently going on in the Middle East. And as Market Across is based in Tel Aviv, it's very, very relevant. And whilst this is not a political podcast, I do think it's important to highlight how Web3 and crypto is currently being used to help with the current crisis. I am very vocal about my passion for Web3 being used for social good, and I believe that with any significant advancement in technology, we should always find a way to help and better humanity. So first, Itai, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us a little bit about what's going on and how Web3 has been used to provide help? Sure. Um, yeah. Um, so my name is Itai Lizwur. You, you did a very, very good job attempting to do that. Um, and yeah, I am one of the partners at Market Across. Uh, Market Across is a marketing and PR firm that's been active in the crypto world um, since 2017. Um, and we're based in Tel Aviv, Israel, which... Um, is an interesting place to be in right now, if anyone's been following the news. And yeah, as we kind of uh, talked a bit about that, um, we're also one of the people who launched uh, a big campaign called Crypto Aid Israel, which um, we can talk now, we can talk uh, further down the line. But yeah, um, in general, we are a marketing um, and PR agency based in Israel. And um, yeah, we, we've worked with uh, CoinPost for a while. We, we love you guys. Um, we were uh, very fortunate to take part um, in the event as well. And yeah, um, here to talk about crypto web3 and everything in between yeah so you just mentioned crypto aid do you want to tell us what that's about how people can get involved and where we can go sure sure so um whoever does it know um in uh about i think the third of uh october um or sorry uh the seventh of october uh us israelis uh woke up uh to understand that we are under attack and we are amongst a a um a big uh, offensive by um militant uh, terrorist group uh, called Hamas in Gaza. Um, they uh, uh, came into Israel, crossed the border, and um, killed and kidnapped close to 1,500 uh, Israelis, uh, civ- uh, civilians, soldiers, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, we, a lot of people in the crypto community, um, just kind of wanted to try and pitch in and do something. And funny enough, a lot of us, uh, 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 also including us at Market Across, have a lot of experience fundraising via crypto uh, for uh, like Ukraine. So we specifically, as um, we've been, we worked with Polkadot for a very, very long time. Polkadot is a very big chain. Um, and with them and a few of our clients, we actually helped uh, Ukraine raise more than six or seven million dollars. We also then worked with their, again, not worked, but like volunteered helping with their NFT uh, auction and museum. So um, a bunch of people in Israel um, had a, already a skill set, unfortunately, of helping to fundraise for humanitarian causes. And uh, we just kind of uh, met up and started um, a project called CryptoAid Israel, which is a Decent, it's a it's a multi-sig wallet with a few signatures and a bunch of people in the crypto community behind it. Um, and yeah, we've been successful in raising, I think, almost $200,000 already. And we've actually already deployed um, about 10 or 20% of that. And I don't know who knows anything about Israel and crypto and banking, but that was a very, very big challenge to get all that set up and already. So um, yeah, uh, this, we only work with uh, civilian NGOs. Um, and yeah, we've been just 
providing uh, much needed uh, assistance and relief and hopefully another way for people to get a bit involved in a bit of awareness um, to uh, the things that are happening in Israel right now. Um, and yeah, um, seeing uh, anonymous crypto donations become, uh, I know what, uh, uh, child, uh, uh, children games uh, for uh, children that are displaced. Like, there's a very weird situation right now. I don't want to go into politics, but we actually have um, refugees. We have Israeli refugees inside Israel. They can't go back to their, their their villages or towns. They've been, you know, demolished or burnt down. So, yeah, we have a bit of a, a, a issue right now. And also, we just, everyone wants to feel like they're contributing. So we started a very cool crypto project. Whoever wants to can Google Crypto uh, Aid Israel. There was a lot of pickup. It was covered by Coindesk, Cointelegraph, um, you know, Decrypt, Blockworks, all the, all the big ones. I also think that CoinPost covered as well. Okay. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, first of all, absolutely heartbreaking to hear what's going on. Um, I do try to stay off politics on, on Twitter. Um, no, no, there's 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 <laughs> violence on both sides. I'm not here. Oh, against, yeah, 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 yeah. But it doesn't make yeah, it right, yeah, no, right? But... You know, it doesn't matter if there's... Yep. Whichever side is going on, I, I'm a, uh, I'm definitely against war. Violence is violence, yes. and it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So people can Google Crypto Aid Israel, and yes, what website does that go to? Just to make sure there's no phishing links at the top or anything. Crypto. First of all, it's going to be hard. We have a lot of uh, Google presence, but it, it needs to be Crypto Aid Israel. Um, Israel is I S R A E L. Uh, yes, we actually had um, a few uh, copycat websites come up. Uh, DDoS attacks. Uh, yeah, it's. It's it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, let's put it this way: um, scammers know how to work very well. And by the way, I have no idea if scammers might be from any side. I, I don't know if they're even part of any side. It might just might just be an opportunity to make a quick buck. So yeah. I mean, you know, like we live in a very um, fast-paced world, and I understand, you know, like people build products and tools all the time. And I understand people try to get ahead, but I really have no time of day for scammers, uh, especially those that take from charities. It's I mean, I don't know if I can say this publicly, but I just think they're the lowest of the low. Um, so I really hope that they all get caught and imprisoned. Because um, I just don't, yeah, I just don't think. Amen. Yeah, cool. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I uh, uh, really appreciate. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. You bet. I will be passing that around the office and making sure we try and promote that as much as we can. Um, obviously, I don't know what our Perfect. guidelines are, but um, I'll speak to my CEO. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It has to do with uh, personal, like, I'm not looking even for endorsement. I'm looking for a personal, just understanding and awareness yeah, right. uh, of the situation. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Okay. So, um, stepping just aside to that, to the podcast, um, what, uh, sorry, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into Web3, how you got into Web3 marketing, and what does Web3 marketing entail? Because I thought it was just release something on Twitter and be like, hey, I'm releasing an NFT, and then you, you go viral. <laughs> um, I can, yeah wow i can see um, the shock in your face like no that's not what <laughs> no 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 it's like i, I want to be like cancel your meetings tell your tell your audience to cancel their meetings and let's get on a few hour conversation i can i can talk hours just about that um so first of all i'll, I'll do a really brief about me because i think i'm less interesting and there's less people can i get knowledge or value in that but um so as i said um based in israel i've been working in uh i used to be a journalist really back in the day but then i got into just the tech industry i don't know if, uh, i think people should be familiar israel's considered the startup uh, startup nation about 17 or 18 percent of israel's workforce is high tech which is unheard of in the world and um me and my partners and a, a very big part of our employees have been working in different different product marketing pr seo content uh, positions in the traditional web one web two world in israel for a very long time 
And we actually started our, our agency, our first agency, more than about 10 years ago. And it works with pretty big B2B software as a service, cybersecurity companies from Israel and abroad. And that's kind of our background. So we're marketers in the technology, Web 1, Web 2 space, who um, dabbled with crypto pretty early on and opened, I would say, a blockchain or crypto entity uh, in 2017 as the little bastard son. And today, as I say, the bastard son pays all the parents' bills and <laughs> bought mom and dad a new car. So uh, I've been full-time crypto since 2017, but I come from over a decade of experience um, working in, uh, I would say, the Israeli tech sector. Um and yeah, we got into crypto, helped a lot of people. And I think Web3 marketing is a evolving playbook as the products kind of go. Um, you unfortunately, and I'm going to kind of show my, my position, but you unfortunately touched the most lowest format oh. of you asking me of blockchain <laughs> products, which is an NFT drop, which again, we can touch that. But historically, most of our clients, especially with things when we, when we got in, it's, you know, is protocols and different, you know, ideas of decentralizing the world. And I always, I, I joke around and say that I almost miss the good old ICO days of 2017 because then at least at first I knew who was scamming. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a face and at least like there was an, there was like an elaborate dream behind it. Mm. Like now I feel like the barrier of entry, even for scammers by definition, even if three people meet and say, we want to take advantage of this thing called crypto and just scam people. Back in the day, you had to write a white paper and think of a cool, different, like Uber you want to decentralize, or Google or YouTube. Now it's like just press five AI photo yeah. generator <laughs> links and you're in the Web3 business. Um, but, but in general, uh, yeah, so we got into the space. Um, what we really focus on is what we call, well, not what we call, what the world calls earned media. So historically, academically, there's three types of media in the world. There is owned media, which is you own. It could be your website, your Twitter, even though Elon owns your Twitter, but never mind. Your, your Telegram, your Discord, your own channels. Those are very, very, very big parts. And I think those are things that you touched uh, initially. And, and are the foundations of any, if you ask me, brand or product marketing. Your own channels, your own community, even though community is a relatively new thing in Web3 versus Web2. We're happy to touch that as well. Um, and we don't really do that. So like, we don't manage people's Telegram or Twitter or et cetera, et cetera. Um, I personally also sometimes really don't understand why people outsource that part like like we're a community driven project that's why we're taking some moderators in a third world country to manage our telegram you know <laughs> but um uh so we don't do owned media um then historically there's paid media the classical you know paid media which is banner ads cpc cpa traffic you know i put money here and get Online traffic uh, uh, and the other and the other uh, route, and that could be through, I say, Google, Facebook, whatever. Um, very hard to do in Web three in general, um, and not exactly what we do. We're looking into that space as the products develop a bit more, but we don't really focus on that. So in Web three, that could be like airdrops or like you know really shilly KOLs or whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't really touch that part. So we really focus on what's considered earned media that you earn from the internet. And that could be anywhere from very big news announcements on big news websites to interviews, podcasts, speaking at events, um, you know, that whole uh, digital footprint uh, narrative and discussions. So that's kind of what we really focus on. Um, and yeah, we work with uh, we work with Binance, with Polkadot, with uh, Bitcoin, uh, uh, with Crypto.com, with Polygon. So a pretty long list. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that kind of touches that. And I think that if you want to talk about like the difference or like what is Web3 marketing. So yes, the 
one part is community. I think that's important. And some projects, especially in the DeFi world, almost live only on that. But what you just said is completely different from, let's say, you know, working with PR or journalists. Because if all I do is talk to my my Telegram, my Twitter, my whatever, there's no middleman. There's a good part of that. But also, as a, as a business, I never have to, like, ask myself questions like, what am I doing? Is it interesting? Does anyone care? Is it unique? Like, what's the market looking like? So um, it, it's two different beasts that need to live together. And sometimes a project should start from building an initial community, an initial, you know, early following of, of evangelists that love it. But then you need, or I think you need different activities to help bring people to your church, you know, but um, you can't just always talk to the, to the converted, as they say. So with good layers of PR, you, again, it's much more upper funnel, then you're able to get your message out there, get the fact that you're uh, you're 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 out there, but you also have to you know talk to the world, and, and you can't just say what you want. You know, we, a lot of times we have clients who are so used to writing their mediums and, and their and their twitters or whatever that they come and they use all these superlatives: groundbreaking, best, amazing, first. Those are not things that you can talk when you when you talk to someone who who actually you know. It's vetting you. Mm. Uh, so yeah, um, it's 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 different types of actions. Where I agree with you, a Web three pro- project um, today should start with a good owned media. Um, I would say Twitter, Telegram, whatever core, and from there, when there's um, more to tout about, he should try and I would say tell the world what he's doing, and start getting into the discussion of other companies. You, you not just be a silo. You have to start. I would say engaging outside your your circle, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Just um, first of all, I didn't know there were three types of, of media, so I've just learned something. Thank you very much. Um, and it's interesting how you go from one. That's like a you can you can Google that. That's like the most like academic basic of whatever. I didn't invent. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> owned earned, owned earned paid. Owned go. earned paid media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, cool. I feel ashamed that I work in marketing and I didn't know that. But to be fair, my marketing role is very like superficial. It's more they just want me to do the podcast and connect with people. I don't have that marketing uh, angle in my job title. You, you don't, you're not you're not selling people services. I am true. Too. Yeah, there we go. Um, so so what? How would you say from your experience of like a Web two history to Web three? What would you say is the major differences in in how you have to work and what? Have you noticed it's sure. the same? Sure. So I think the similarity is, is that still people are people and they have, you know, their own, like the funnel, even though it's not what we're used to think that's like this or whatever, it's much more multi-touch, I think is the same kind of funnel. But um, there's a lot of differences. First of all, let's say, you know, the, the community part or the financial asset part is very, very different uh, because let's say Netflix. I love Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix. But if Netflix's stock goes down tomorrow by 20%, other than the fact that maybe they'll jack up my price or maybe the content will be good, but I as a user, I don't care. It's I'm not part of that. In a Web3 world, your users, if, if you even actually have a product, we'll get that in a second, your community is also a holder of a financial asset that is, by the way, very, very volatile. So sometimes I say, I used to tell people, your community is as good as your floor price. Um, and that's a very, very big issue, I think, when you when you run marketing. Because as I said, I work with a lot of companies. They might be publicly traded, but the stock of the company has nothing to do with the marketing of it. I don't. We don't have, you know, CMOs talking to us about how they need to get an announcement out because it's, you know, the price is going down. There's a complete disconnect between what financial speculators that buy stock are are doing and the user base so 
I think that that is one of the biggest differences um, in general. Um, and I think that that just also brings the fact that a lot of a lot of people who are engaging in projects here are not the clients or customers of that project of, of that thing. So let me give you an example. If I make ketchup, then I might have clients who are people who are using ketchup in their hamburgers, or whatever. And I might have a lot of customers. Now those customers, uh, or sorry, it could be McDonald's. It could be whatever, but, but you know, but at least those are the type of people, you know, that, that I work with. If you look at something like Chainlink. All right, Chainlink, very cool, love them. That's a very technical, you know, oracles, whatever. Most of the people that hold Chainlink, they don't use the token. Like, they're not clients of the software in any way. They're not whatever. But they're also not financial, like, you know, they're not hedge funds. They're a private person that went and learned this kind of cool technology and bought that token. It's very, very, very unique. So you just have a lot of people who joined. You, you don't have a lot of people who own stocks on, on a basic level. I don't know, me and you maybe have it in our 401ks or whatever, but like we're not active in the stocks of the insurance companies, communities that we're... So it's just very, very different because there's financial assets that people hold. And I think it's very, very different. So that's, I think, the core, core difference in community. Your communities might be driven just from people who own your asset or your users who now are also just exposed to your asset and they're all in the same kind of place together and just weird. Yeah, so I have a friend who works in traditional marketing uh, in Australia, um, and he was telling me it's all about uh, proper marketing is all about connecting with the users, finding the right story to tell um, that keeps them engaged. But do you find that maybe the story becomes diluted in Web3? Because, I mean, I could be off the marquee with stories, and we were drunk when he was telling me this. Um, do you think that... No, no, no. I, I, I think that I always say that, and it's funny because I'm a PR guy, but like... Crypto has been over PR'd and undermarketed, so there's been so many promises and so many narratives, and I think that there's there's abundance of that. There's the amount of articles only we from this agency and the, our career, and we're just one side. The amount of articles that I think that we've helped publish of can blockchain change X industry, um, and by the way, most of the people in those articles didn't change that that industry. So I think there's an abundance of narratives, but there is a very sh lack of like interesting use cases aren't the same so in the end of the day most of crypto is like there's don't tell people it's just me and you here but there's a bit of a lack of innovation because on there's a lot of innovation on the base layer level even though like they're all doing l2s or whatever but we're like these blockchains that one uses that encryption that uses that encryption that's cool but on the actual dap level we don't see that much innovation so axie infinity worked for a few months boom gamefi was born and i don't know 50 to 100, 120, whatever X amount of projects, whatever. Dexes, I guess that works. So right now, every chain has his Uniswap, has his Ave, has his whatever. So um, there's a bit of a lack of, I think, of innovation. And that is, I think, pretty, I would say, like a challenge. Um, and then what you do is you do all these narratives because when it, it's like, and what we should be doing is more product marketing, which is, I don't know what, this Dex versus this Dex. But, but when most of these things are, almost the same it's very hard or you have a lot of base layers who their messaging is you know how tps transactions per second my network goes to 11 that doesn't matter if your network is empty if there's nothing on the block so there's just a very very difference i think you know there's in the end of the day we have non-launch technologies that have 24 7 hour traded assets behind them that are balancing this that plus building a product where historically most of the companies that 
get to a place where they're publicly traded are so advanced on the product level that of course they've been launched and you know fought and found market fit so that's a very interesting place to be where you're already traded but you don't have yet even found market fit for your product so that's just thrown me on a whole tangent of how I see crypto and Web3 right now. Um, also, kind of yeah. negative. I, I didn't realize until you were talking about it, but you're right. Yeah, the lack of innovation is, it seems people think there's innovation because lots of stuff comes out. But when you look... On, on the on the infrastructure, there's a lot of innovation. Yeah. On the on the what's using this infrastructure, until now, crypto is a cool way to buy and sell shit, which is nice. Like People like buying and selling shit, yeah. but we've yet to transcend much above that. It was much cooler to buy and sell shit back in Silk Road days, though. Let's let's not let's not deny that. <laughs> yeah, a lot more sexy, <laughs> definitely. Um, okay, so um, you've worked with a lot of clients. What are some of the most uh, interesting projects you've had to work with, and what are some of the least, if if you can say without ruining any friendships? So I can start with the least, but not it's not names, it's types of projects. And again, I might be getting on, on a rant here. Um, so we've worked with a lot of companies who have things to do with, I would say, um, GameFi and also things in NFTs, platforms or whatever. But we worked with very seldom, I think maybe one or two drops, like as an, as an individual NFT drop, just because for a market or a PR person, there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Let's say we've helped, like we work with Binance very closely. So we work with their NFT department. And yeah, there was the Ronaldo NFT drop. That was cool. We did one. Okay, so let's say even, let's say you people even care about that, even though it's very hard to get people to care about a drop today. So that's one PR story. That's great. There's going to be a Ronaldo NFT. That's cool. But then PR-wise, the story is done. At least maybe, I don't know, maybe it sells out in 10 seconds or whatever. But, you know, we, we need to cover news. So something needs to be new. And a profile picture NFT has a very hard problem of, creating news around it because it's it's a profile picture nft so historically i think that like we've less touched individual nft projects just because usually it's mostly selling and not marketing um and interesting stuff so i i think that me personally um i was very involved for a very long time with matic or polygon as you know them today worked with them for a very long time from launching them on binance till like their early days in the first year where no one really exactly cared a bear market to helping them also kind of relaunch into polygon and seeing everything's happening there of course it became its huge other success and i can't take any credit for that but that was i think a lot of a lot of cool stuff we saw from there um and yeah we just i think we've we've there's like even local companies in israel like there's a company called simplex which their founders are a good, very good friend of mine and uh, we did their seed announcement years ago and the company got acquired last year for 300 million dollars so you know be, being with a founder being with a founder from his first check days of helloing the company till uh, seeing that founder uh, sell his company for, for a very large sum is always a, a fun thing to see. So here's a bit of a question. Uh, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm sure there's many people in my position. So I had this idea for a crypto game. Um, I wanted it to be a game first. The crypto aspect was kind of just to... Uh, just because I'm a bit of a techie, I wanted to like include the stuff and try and... Um, yeah, make it just relevant, I guess. So then I started with a, an NFT project, um, and the NFT project I thought was quite unique. By the way, I, it's minted, but it's not revealed. And um, okay. the idea is that you go and then you choose your own parts because I, I noticed a lot of these groups that were like, hey, we have these special one-of-ones. 
turned out to be all the moderators, all the friends of friends. We always get in the same one. So I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, however, I found it so difficult that even in the space of Web3 and everyone was getting every NFT going, even though it was a completely yep. free mint and, you know, I didn't want any creative fees. I was just trying to do it to see if I could to like teach myself and teach other people. And then I just got zero traction. Like, and I was part of these groups and discords and all these kind of things. What do you think, just based on that, can you identify a sure. problem I, I had or a, something that might help someone go from stage zero to one? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I I'm getting you, free advice here, but... <laughs> no, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. I'll send you my calendar later. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to give you honest advice. I think you attacked it the completely opposite way, which is it, we live in a very short, like, sided, you know, society that we think like, you know, boom, boom, boom. I do an NFT drop. People care. I do a game or whatever. These, these things take time. It takes a, a lot, a lot of time. And, and I think you did it the web through and unfortunately it's the opposite way. Mm. It is a good way if you want to start funding people from, you know, you have just an idea, you want to get funding from day one and you want that to get started. But a correct way, and by the way, a way that would give your game some future and he could maybe work with Google after that or whatever, is to build a web two game mm. um, and launch it on web two and launch it on Google App Store and Google, sorry, on on on, on the Google App Store and the, and the iTunes Store, and uh, get an actual Web two user base that actually cares about your game. And then, if you actually have some traction in the user base, first of all, maybe try to raise some funds or whatever. But you know, give investors this weird thing called equity, etc. Um, and then, if you actually have users and you actually have something, then you can launch an NFT project uh, into that game. And by the way. Google doesn't have uh, – actually, Google and Apple changed their, their policies a few months ago. They have no problem with Web3 games. They have problems with Web3 games that ran NFT auctions not on Google or Apple platform right. and have a secondary market for these NFTs not on Google or Apple platform. Hmm. They just want to make sure that they make their 30 40%. But if you created a game, you think it's good. You have a core user. I know it could be a few thousands even. And then into that game, you'll infuse Web3 because it's already a game. It has a product. It has product market fit. It's in the marketplaces or Google. And yeah, you pay Google and Apple their share of the pie. Then first of all, you, for me as a PR person, it's going to be much more interesting to get interest of that because I'm now offering people an opportunity to buy NFTs in this really cool game that actually has traction. Mm. So that's a, that is... And or the other route is, hey guys, I want to do an NFT drop for a game. I haven't developed a game yet. And by the way, hundreds have done what I've what I'm doing. And you're really playing a very big roulette here. Of will do you bet I'll even be able to ever launch this game? I'm telling people I'm going to launch. So it's just the other way around. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No. I I I hundred percent see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think... Is that easy? No. Yeah. Can any person in his garage do that in in a few days? No. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe, maybe not every person a few hours in his garage should be able to run to the public and fundraise from that. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I, the reason I was going through this route was because, I mean, I, I know I could, I could build a game. You know, I, I taught myself Unity. I mean, I'm not an expert. The idea was, you know, yep. do the NFT, try and raise some funds, then get some other people to join in and then build it that way. Um, yeah, but then so, so I'll, I'll, let's go back to the old school things called startups. Hmm. So let's say here in Israel, startup nation. You're not a super tech guy, but maybe you can find someone who's really good at being a tech guy and tell him, "Hey, dude, let's do this company right now." 
I have 50% and you have 50%. Now you build it. And then you're going to get to another stage where you're like, oh, wow, we really need to start uh, what marketing this. Let's say you're not a marketer. What are we going to do? Oh, then you find another co-founder. Like, all right, cool. So we have, I have 33%. Those are how companies are built. You know, you find people, people do the initial building of it themselves through their talents and times. They co-found a company. They build some traction. They fundraise money. Like that's, that's how we in the real world do it. You know, it's, it's how it is. So would you say that you think a lot of Web3 projects that don't come into fruition, you think it's because they jumped on this hype of, oh, we're going to make money from a drop and they go into it and they don't realize what it actually takes to do something properly? So, so yes, I, I think you, you really phrased that correctly. I, I, I think that I, I, I think I said this line once and we actually have, I think, a much better track record than a lot of other people in crypto when you look at our clients, but a fair amount of them did not deliver everything they're promised to their investors that's for sure um and i really really believe this that i think that I, I say that a lot of my clients have been very negligent with the money they've raised but i don't think that they've been fraudulent so of course there are a few but i do think that most of the people that got into this and launched it are as you said just went through this thing cool let's do that let's launch it and everything was very hot and you could have literally if you knew the right people on twitter and on telegram and you had the right designer and whatever then you could really launch that like and and, and sell that drop for a hundred thousand dollars in a few hours but does that mean you have any idea like i'll give you an example i know people who did that and then are like oh shit we don't know how to get money into a bank we have nothing no knowledge about taxes we had no idea that we live in a country where we actually can't do this thing <laughs> like so there, there's a there's a lot of things around that mm -hmm. so yes i i think a lot of people have been very negligent with the money they've raised a lot less of them have been i think fraudulent by definition yeah i don't think a lot of projects have been fraudulent i do think a lot of web3 projects start off maybe with like developers and creators who have never run a traditional business um, so they create these um, roadmaps of where the project's going to go and then along the line you know not only are we in a you know, an ever-changing space but also there's a lot of things you have to consider with just a regular business. And I think a lot of projects struggle because they hit these points and they go, oh, actually, we, we can't do that. So it's not lack of innovation. I think it's lack of ability to create something and take it all the way. The, sp the space wants to, have a wants to have a lot of innovation. I think that's good. And I think that like a lot of people come with a lot of ideas and um, it's kind of like, you know, that most of them are not going to come into fruition, but um, I think it's, I think it's important for the industry, but um, I wouldn't make very long, like it's even in the fact that how they call it, like we in, we in crypto call this projects, we don't even call it companies. Why is this not a company? Everyone calls it a project. Oh, I've, I'm working on a few projects or that was a project. Uh, you know, mostly people build companies. So I think that like we're going to see more and more of that, of companies getting into crypto or, you know, it's, I, I think crypto needs more companies as projects. Let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I never noticed that the company project thing before. Um, I always just took it as synonymous with starting a company, but you're right. It doesn't actually mean starting a company um i i was actually speaking to someone on twitter just on, in a reply in the past couple of days where they said they think that web3 is dying out and i think one of the problems i've noticed is that in web3 when the markets go down or projects fail everyone says the market's dying but then i pointed out that if you google all these top companies you know like google square enix um just to name a couple and you look at their job side of their website they're hiring more and more blockchain developers or blockchain researchers so i do think that we're definitely moving towards uh adoption the question i was just going to ask you was is what do you think we need to be fully adopted in web3 
So, so first of all, I, I can't agree more with what you said. And I think that, like, um, I'm not saying anything that uh, uh, 20 other people in the same before me, so it's not my original opinion. But, um, you know, we, me and you use a lot of things that are on the cloud. Do you know what's not on the homepage of these websites? The fact that they're on the cloud. It's nothing to do with it. That's the infrastructure that they're on. You know, it's not like it's an intranet company. Yeah, it's on the internet. Um, I think that on the technical level, we we think that blockchain is a pretty cool thing to run a lot of technologies on, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a crypto thing. And people are looking at that. There's there's a very big separa separation between blockchain and crypto. Crypto is decentralized assets on blockchains. But so it's like a lot of people are looking into what blockchains means and how we can use them, and they can be pretty pretty cool. And, and they're not looking at crypto. Um, so I think there's a separation between that. Um, but when it comes to like, quote unquote, mass, mass adoption, um, I personally think that it needs to come. So I, I think that gaming can push it. Like I, unfortunately, uh, you know, am a bit of a mobile gamer. Nothing too. I'm not like on the clans or ranked or whatever. I just spend stupid like out, like brain fart time to play mobile games or whatever. And I, and I do think that that's a very, a very, very cool place to people because there's this, of a digital currency in a wallet. But the games that are being built for Web3 just are terrible. They're really, really, really bad. Um, and I think that um, the best, like, if I was right now, if I quit by, I'm giving someone a really cool idea. If I have a lot of money and I wouldn't have a job, or whatever, what I'd be doing is try to buy like old IP. I don't know if you remember, like, I don't know what your age is. Um, I think you're younger than me, but there used to be like DOS before Windows. It was DOS. It was like an operating system. We had all these old DOS games. They used to play them. I'd buy all them. I'd do them. I'd launch them. And then I'd launch crypto. I think that web, I think that really cool IP that can get users uh, get played and after it has success, start showing some. Uh, Web three components, but I think that they need to be non profit, direct profit. So I like it's more about like I play that game and I spent time on my stupid tank. Now I want to move to a different game. I want to be able to trade that tank into a castle into whatever. I don't know if it's about like Web three gaming when it comes to like you know scholars and uh, and as they call it guilds. I don't believe that there's going to be a situation where third world country like many people just the best of the best of big games can make a lot of money for it but i don't see a situation where actual like hundreds of thousands of migrant workers in the philippines will be making their their days from that but i do think that like just casual mobile gaming can be a really really cool entrance entry point we just need to attack it from the existing user base and existing games um i think that that's a very big thing um and sorry and 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 stocks and real world assets that can be something cool because a lot of people like i it's funny i know today how to go and buy a, a single crypto because i have the exchange whatever i don't know if i even have the tools or the knowledge to go and buy a single stock it's just not in my mind it's like uh, i don't like so i do think that the more like i do think that crypto when when people will be able to buy stocks and crypto at the same thing at the same time whatever i think that that'll be a pretty cool place so those are my two things real world asset when it comes to trading and uh games right um, just then when you were talking about uh, scholarships and uh, Philippines, we all know what game you're talking about there. <laughs> oh, no, but that game actually, that game even worked for two or three months. That's not the, I'm talking about the 30 or 50, ga uh, 100 games that tried after that. A so, you know, look, Axie's, uh, you know, I have no problem. Axie's e economy worked for a bit. It just couldn't, the issues there, and I can talk about for even ages, the fact that there's two different currencies, one's in dollar, one's in not, so they're paying this rent in one currency. There's like issues there, but the the 
X to earn model is cool. You know, there's sleep to earn, walk to earn, uh, and what. Uh, it's cool, and I think that, like, that microtransactions could be nice, and maybe people, you know, if they'll make another 35 cents a day walking, it could be nice. I just don't think that that vision that we had of, like, you know, hundreds or millions of people making their livelihood by doing these pointless actions online, I don't, I don't see that. Scaling. Yeah, it was definitely a big boom. I mean, so I have a little bit of a personal story with Axie. Um, I was a, a guild owner. Uh, I had scholars. And then one time, one of them um, asked if he could call me uh, a video call on my Discord. And I was like, yeah, fine. So I sat down, had a video call and he was with his family. And he thanked me. His family wanted to sit down and have a meal and a drink with me. Um, so to, to thank me that he would paid for his year's tuition at uh school which i thought was great um and i'm not trying to say i'm like a savant or like a, a sorry a, a, no a no it worked it, it definitely worked for yeah. a while the question is did he i don't know what i don't know how we built was it rented daily or not daily maybe you were taking all the risk because you bought the assets but at some point that finance broke and it broke uh, immensely but yes was there a certain amount because because the growth of the ecosystem and of the mm. governance was growing so much but once the game stopped growing immensely then like any pyramid structure <laughs> it fell yeah so yeah. in fact i did it completely the wrong way instead of being so there was a few notable people who were definitely top of the pyramid and just milking this money and a lot of bad actors in this space I somehow ended up doing it this way, <laughs> um, where I would go onto my Twitch and give away all the earnings and take zero profit, and then still dump money into um, into buying more axes for other people. Um, so I definitely could have profited that way, but I definitely lost all my all well, my you're, crypto. You're, you're the first. You're... You're the first actually actually philanthropist. I, I <laughs> well, so I mean, I I do a lot for charity. I even have the Amnesty International uh, Amnesty International tattoo. Um, I yeah, like I for me, like I mean, as the scholarship was running, you know, like there was a um, fifty fifty divide. If they do it a bit longer, they get more and more and more. But then that went straight back into a pool. And I remember a friend of mine saying, like, you should just cash out. Like it's gonna crash. Blah blah blah. And I was like, no, I have like. It was so much fun for me to go on Twitch and then just give away a thousand dollars. I just I, I love that. I mean, I, I wish I had some sustainable millionaire money coming in because I would be Mr. Beast. I, I guarantee it. I was gonna say you should you should yeah. apply to be, uh, work with Mr. Beast. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but yeah, the the thing with actually the scholarship model is I actually thought it was kind of okay. But the problem was is the scholarship model created too many people who were taken from the ecosystem and not put it in and um too many bad actors there were too many scammers out there too many people um there was all these stories of like people forcing them to work like six hours a day and if they didn't do that they didn't get their payout and i just thought that was absolutely horrible so that was the bad side of axie um but i had a mainly positive experience with it um but you said you lost all your crypto well i did but the way i see it is all my <laughs> so I, I was really lucky. All my AXS came from the Binance Launchpad. And then when AXS boomed, I had a lot of money. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, the way I saw it in my head... So you're like you're like me. We were rich and then we were poor, but nothing actually changed in the middle. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even buy... I think the most expensive thing I bought was a microphone, which was about... This was about $90, and I've never spent that much on anything. Well, apart from my MacBook, but I use that for work, so I need that um yeah yeah like i buy the the cheapest clothes in japan like i'm not fancy i don't want big cars i'm not that type of person 
Um, yeah, and in my head, I was like, well, I got all this for free because I got it from the launch pad and I only put like a few hundred dollars in. Like, this is fine. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There are times when I'm like, oh, I should have probably saved some of that now. But, you know, I had fun and I helped people and that was great. And it paid for me to stay in Japan for a little bit. So that was great. Um, Amazing. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So after all that rant about uh, <laughs> scholarships and gaming, yeah. um, for you, what is... What what do you class as Web three? It's a great question. Um, I would say um, open source based eco economics and companies. So companies that have a place uh, where there is an actual real. So I don't know how like how versed you are, but like I've been in the website space for a very long time. If you ask me, WordPress is. Historic is almost like a Web3 company. There's no financial asset to it, but there's like WordPress org and there's WordPress.com. There's this whole like concept of development and 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 a company that has a back end to it and is finding a way to monetize it, but also builds a framework that anyone can take in and do whatever what, what they want with it. So I feel like that's Web3, which is building more uh, open source based when I say open source, it doesn't have to be open source code by definition, but it's companies where people have the, where I go and say, I, I founded something, it has its own life, and which I don't have control with, with, but I also still am on the side developing some side of that. That could be, you know, consensus and Ethereum or whatever. But I think that that's usually Web3. It's, it's places where I, the user, have a possibility of owning something of it and developing it and contributing part of that to the company. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, my history is actually website development. So I used to be a, an okay. engineer. Um, I, so I used to work for Wix, if you're familiar uh, with Wix. Oh, uh, I, I am. I just didn't like Wix. Um, oh, I used to work in the marketing. I always said great marketing, shitty product. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the product itself. Yeah. I just I had a few friends that used it. I just It was one of those no-code solutions. I mean, I don't know if they had a code, a, a thing you could code, but it was kind of... so so. Full disclosure, I love the guys. I, I, I left the company like seven or eight years ago. It's not where it was today. Today, they have an open code. They, they can really take WordPress for their money on everything. Okay. But at least back in the day, in my time, it was really, it was more about like digital, like business cards. It's like come in and build your website, build your dream, build your whatever. It was less really centered towards people that the biz, like that are trying to get millions of people into their website. Yeah. I'm sure that the company has evolved immensely tech-wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've always been a WordPress guy. Um, my first, I, at yep. university, uh we it was my first time i was introduced to wordpress because i had like a placement year um and i just yeah. loved that if i had an idea i could go and build a plugin and then someone else could use that plugin and then i found this whole marketplace where i could build a plugin and if someone wanted it i could charge them 50 cents or a dollar and i'd get a thousand downloads in a month maybe you know and that was the yep. first time i was like oh there's really potential to earn money here so I'm definitely excited to see if Web3 can do that because I think that would be great where people are actually uh, build to earn, I guess. You know, they they, yep. they contribute, they make everything better and they, and they make money. And I think that would be... Yeah, yep. very, very I'm, I'm, I'm a big a big fan of that. Right. <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, also, my, my, my second question was going to be the future of Web3, but I mean, you kind of answered both of those in, in one. So um, don't need to ask you that one. Uh, well, I don't know. It, it really depends, I think. Um, I think we need lesser less assets i really really hope um and that's what the only thing i do like about bear markets i don't like i don't you know i don't like a lot of them a lot of things are out but i do like the fact that there's less of an appetite to launch new financial assets mm. i'm a huge 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 fan of crypto i'm a huge 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 fan of blockchain mm. i just don't think that we need 
there's already more crypto assets than I think all the traded stocks and the exchanges in the world together, almost like that. So we don't need all that much. Yeah. I think like people should build really cool businesses that their goal is to try and get more Ether and Bitcoin. You don't need to make your own token. You know, there's so I just really think that there needs to be less of these assets. We need to consolidate them. Mm. But the actual like technology and use cases are really, really cool. So I I dream of a world where there's more tech, more use cases and a lot less assets. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Like, if you go on, I can't remember the name of it. It's like called Coin Sniper. There's some website that shows you like new coins on the chain. Within 24 hours, there's there's an, another 200 meme coins created, and they all get dumped on the decks, and people are trying to trade them. And I just think I'm kind of on the on the fence. I think I think we need this right now so that people know. I think we need to have this so people know that we don't need to have this. If that makes sense. Um, yep. once they've experienced it and they realize it's trash then we move away from it and um, you know like with, with meme coins and, and uh, other stuff you know it takes someone to push that boundary a little bit to show someone else oh that's a good idea maybe I could do this you know um, I can't remember what quote it was but the principle is that if you push out of your bubble someone can then see the edges of a new bubble and they can form something new from that uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a lot I'll try and figure out where I read that's it some that's some deep shit. <laughs> I feel like we should be on a Joe Rogan podcast just getting high right now talking about yeah. bubbles. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So. Gumbai. Yeah. Kan- oh, nice Japanese. Kanpai. By the way, how did you find? How did you find Japan? Was it your first time in Tokyo? It was my second time in Tokyo. Um, I was also a, f- a few weeks prior to that in a different conference, but it's my first. I did twice Japan in one month. It was my first time. And. Um, yeah, I need to come back very quickly. I loved it. I can't say. I just, I loved it. Were you at uh, IVS in Kyoto? Yes, sir. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, sir. I don't think, because I met you at the, I met you in a nightclub, didn't I? I think. In the, did we meet in a nightclub, I think? I think Could that's be. how we met. I yeah. don't <laughs> I actually think I helped you get someone in for free. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, don't tell anyone. Uh, and then after that, you were just, every time you saw me, you were like, hey. And then we just, I think we just talked. And... Perfect. Very cool. We seem to have just been cut off there, which is kind of okay because we were about to be finished anyway. Thank you, Itai Elizur, for coming on our podcast. It means so much. I've learned so much already. As a recap, for those who are still listening at the very end of a podcast, and I applaud you because even I don't make it to the end of podcasts, uh, Itai Elizur is the COO and partner of Market Across, a Tel Aviv-based PR and marketing firm since 2017. In this episode, um, he shared some absolutely amazing facts. Like, for example, I didn't know there was three types of media, owned media, earned media, and paid media. And I also didn't know the difference between Web 2 and Web 3 media. And a good example that Itai gave was if you are the user and the holder of a financial asset, then your marketing strategy has to change. For example, if it was Netflix and Netflix stock crashed tomorrow, for example, you know, the users that are using Netflix probably don't even know and probably don't even care. However, in Web3, because there's a connection between the users and the assets and the actual money that's moving around is owned, the marketing angles you need to take have to reflect how you connect with your users at that time. I also shared my story about building a Web3 game and how I struggled to find traction or even get people to mint an NFT. Uh, So Itai shared his knowledge on that, which was absolutely valuable to anyone. And to recap that, you know, if you have an idea and you want to get funding, then yeah, maybe airdrops and NFT releases and community building is a good place to start. However, if you want to build a game and you actually want to be one of those people that have a successful game that has some longevity in the space, start with a Web2 game. You know, launch it on Web2 platforms like the Google App Store, iTunes or 
um, Steam or anything like that and build up that user base. And once you have that user base and you have those active users, you can go to apply for VC funding. And then after that, you can launch NFT and then start to integrate Web3 features into your space. So if you're a Web3 game builder, you know, you don't have to start Web3 at the beginning. And I think this is a, a sentiment that is reflected a lot on, um, especially on Twitter or X now, should I say, um, you know, games should be games and games should be fun. Uh, too many of these Web3 games promise tokens and NFTs, and I think they struggle to build up. So that's a really good point. Focus on the game first and then try to do uh, Web3 features afterwards. Um, speaking of that, it, it leads perfectly into what he was talking about, how it's better to focus on a product marketing as opposed to token marketing. You know, and in this world of cryptocurrency and, and blockchain projects, tokens do play a pivotal role in fundraising and, and acquisition. However, one of the common pitfalls is that the obsession with token prices sometimes overshadows actual development of the project and a shift occurs when the excitement wanes and people lead into issues and prices drop and you get anxious investors. So to avoid that trap, it would be great to prioritize delivering things that are on the project roadmap and focus on the building, which perfectly ties into what I just mentioned, building a game, focus on the product and the vision first. And finally, I just want to re-mention the work that Itai has been doing with Crypto Aid Israel. You can find more information on that by going to CryptoAidIsrael.com. Again, this isn't a political podcast and I'm not telling anyone to pick a side, but violence is violence and war is war and there are always casualties. You know, I'm a big believer in solidarity in the human race. I'm a huge member of Amnesty International and regardless of what your political views, anyone dying or being injured in this world is just not good, you know, so we need to start coming together as a human race to go forward. With that being said, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I really hope you're enjoying my podcast so far. I'm actually quite new to doing all this. So if you have any comments or suggestions, you can hit me up on Twitter at Web3WithMark or any of the other social medias you find me on. Also in the description, if you want to leave a voice note, you can click that link there. That will record a little voice message that will be sent directly to me. I do try to listen to everything. In fact, no, I do listen to everything. I do try to take on board what everyone says. You know, I am trying to be better and I can be better with your help. And that's a wrap. Until the next episode, stay happy, stay mindful, and stay excellent.